Welcome to Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst. We're here to discuss public policy issues in our home state of Colorado and beyond. Making Action Happen is presented by Action 22. Find out more about our organization at action22.org. Now, here is your host, Sarah Blackhurst. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Action 22's uh, show, Making Action Happen. We have a really informative and good show for you today. Uh, I hope that you were able to listen to last week's show. We had some great stories by Brian McCain. Um, This week, we're going to be talking about uh, the health insurance marketplace. um, And also, we're going to go in a different direction after that. And we'll be talking about redistricting in Colorado. Um, that voting redistricting. Um, Before I introduce our first guest, I want to encourage you for two things. One is I want to encourage everybody to consider getting a flu shot. Uh, If you haven't done so already this year, it's one of the big concerns. Uh, We know that even if uh, we have a COVID uh, vaccine in short order, it's going to take a while to get that dispersed. And it's really, really important if you've, if you've ever gotten a flu shot before um, and it was successful for you, please, especially now, and if you're uh, older age or at risk, um, really go out and get that flu shot. The other thing is, as you know, voting uh, mail-in ballot, um, it's too late now to get that ballot in in time. Um, if you uh, have a mail-in ballot and you need that dropped off, Um, in Colorado, you can have someone drop it off for you. Um, They can drop off up to 10 at a time. That's it. But find somebody, be sure to fill out your ballot. Don't be be worried about getting it in. Find a polling place um, that you can drop it off. Most of the county seats um, have those. If it's someplace that you regularly go to vote, you can go there and drop them off. There's a lot of places for you to drop that off. So be sure to do that. we really, really, really want to make sure that we get everybody out to vote this year. I don't know if it's been as important um, in past years as it is this year. There's a lot on the ballot. It's kind of crazy, but for sure, for sure, get out there and vote. So uh, I've got with us today Jessica Smith. Jessica is with Connect for Health Colorado, and Connect for Health Colorado is the health insurance marketplace. Uh, for Coloradans who are looking to get health insurance. Right now, they're getting ready to launch their open enrollment. Open enrollment is every year on November 1st. So that's right around the corner in just minutes. But I wanted Jessica to come on and explain a little bit about that. I have some questions for her um, and that sort of thing. So um, Jessica, will you will you first introduce yourself and tell us how long you've been with uh, with Connect for Health? Yes. Hello. I'm Jess Smith. I'm the Community Partnership and Outreach Manager at Connect for Health Colorado. I've been with Connect for Health Colorado for three years now and started out working with the County Human Services Department as a liaison and now I'm doing outreach. So a little bit about the health insurance marketplace. What is that exactly? So when the Affordable Care Act was passed, states had a choice to either go with the federal marketplace or create their own marketplace. And Colorado decided to create their own marketplace. And that is us. So people can come through our doors to buy private health insurance plans and apply for financial help to lower the cost. 
So if you were going to do that, um, so this is for, this is just for people who um, can't get insurance any other place, correct? Correct. These are folks who don't get health insurance from their job, don't qualify for Medicaid, are self-employed, work for uh, a company that doesn't provide health insurance. Um, all those folks come through our doors. Um, and so on November 1st, you have open enrollment. What does that mean? That means anyone can come through our doors from November 1st to January 15th. So when it's not open enrollment period, when it's not November 1st to January 15th, sorry, I think I said December, January 15th, um, you have to have a qualifying life change event. Uh, such as losing insurance or aging out of your parents' insurance. But from November 1st to January 15th, any Coloradan can come through our door. Now, you talked a little bit about applying for help um, to get a lower insurance rate. Talk a little bit about that. So, as part of the Affordable Care Act, we offer financial help for the cost of insurance. And it comes in the form of um, what we call premium tax credits. So folks often think, I can't afford private health insurance. I'm not even going to look. And actually, last year, we had 74% of our um, customers qualified for financial help. So this year, uh, a single person making up to $51,000 can qualify for financial help. And a family of four making up to $105,000 will qualify for financial help. So the so, way it works, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, tell me how that works. Yeah, yeah, you're like, what does that mean? Um, so the way it works is premium tax credits. So if you qualify for $200 in tax credits a month and you find a plan that's $500 a month, every month your $200 will be taken off and you'll be responsible for the $300 that are left. Okay. Um, and then, so how, in the tax, the tax credits, how does that, how does that make that up? So you only have to, so, so if you qualify for, if it's a $500 a month plan, you qualify for um, 200 in tax credits, you just pay the $300? Correct. You also can pay the full 500 every month and take it as a tax credit at the end of like when you file for your taxes. So we don't see that as often, but it is an option. Okay. So how do you apply for those tax credits? When so you fill you out your application, help? right. So when you fill out your application, you can do that on your own on our website. We, changed our application recently to make it very um, user-friendly. We kind of followed like uh, the, oh, what's the word? I'm trying to think how you file your taxes. Oh, gosh. Online? Like, I yeah, like when you, do, when you file your taxes yourself. Yeah. Oh, geez. I can't. Either way, we made it very user-friendly. Um. But you can apply online yourself, and when you apply online, you you indicate whether you would like to be known if you qualify 
for financial help or not. So you would indicate, yes, I would like to know if I qualify for financial help. When you go through the application, it will say, here's how much you qualify for. We also have free in-person and virtual help all over the state. Um, we've All of our uh, in-person help has gone virtual, so you can do it over the phone. And you go to our website, www.connectforhealthco.com. You click We Can Help, and you put in your zip code. It will find someone in your area, and they will help you at no cost to um, apply. They will help you enroll. They will help you understand all your options. So um, if uh, if you do this, are you going to start getting a lot of calls from um, insurance carriers who are, are going to try to get you to sign up with their plan? No, that's a great question. You absolutely won't. When you go through our help, which is uh, we have health coverage guides and we have brokers, and they will you will not be added onto any list, but you also can go to our website and click find plans. You just go to www.connectforhealthco.com, scroll down, click browse plans. We have an anonymous tool. You put in your first name, your annual income, your zip code, and nothing else. You will get no, you will, you are completely anonymous and it will show you the plans available in your area and it will estimate how much financial help you qualify for. And then you know how to pick the plan from there. Right. And you don't have to go through the application before you do that. You can oh, okay. just go in anonymously, click browse plans, type in, like I said, anonymously, your first name, your annual income, your zip code, and your household size. And it will tell you very close estimate to what you qualify for before okay. you go through the application. So you can see, is it right for me to go through this whole application? Okay. All right. Um, so during the, uh, during all this pandemic, uh, the governor, um, Governor Polis opened it up. And so there were a lot of people who could apply. They basically had open enrollment for several months. Um, did you, did you add a lot of, there was there a lot of coverage added during that time? We saw 14,000 Coloradans, Coloradans come through our doors during that time, which was, we thought maybe like a couple thousand would come through. 14,000 Coloradans came through. That's crazy. So you had 14,000 during that time. There was, that meant there were a whole and that lot was a of, month. that was 14,000 a month. So for the yeah, month of April, month. May, June. It was just April to May. Just April to May. Um, yep. That's tremendous. 14,000 come through her. So that's, that's incredible. Um, that means there was a whole lot of Coloradans that didn't have either adequate coverage or coverage at all before then. Correct. So that's, that's and amazing. Also, also, when you lose your job, when you lose your job's health insurance, it opens a 60-day special enrollment period through Connect for Health Colorado. So it doesn't have to be open enrollment. How many days? 60 days. Oh, 60 days. 
Um, if you lose your job, you have sixty day a sixty day open enrollment period. Correct. If you lose your insurance from your job, honestly, there's other. If you lose your jobs insurance, if you lose Medicaid, if you age out of your parents' insurance, you turn twenty six. If you're there's all these um, life change events, we call them. Right. But what we've seen recently in the pandemic is the job loss has been huge and people who lose their jobs, they can't always afford COBRA. Right. COBRA is very expensive and not everyone knows that a 60 day window is open through Connect for Health Colorado when you lose your job insurance. So we also, outside of that COVID special enrollment period that you were just talking about, the job loss has been crazy and we've seen a lot of people come through our doors for the job loss. So, so I, have, period. I have a philosophical question for you um, before sure. we finish up. Um, we've There's been a lot of discussion about um, a, I guess, a, a public option. There's a lot of discussion on the uh, nationwide on public option. Um, and I, I wonder if, here's my philosophical question for you. And if, if you don't know really how to answer it, that's fine. But is there a need for a public option with um, a program like what you guys are doing um, as, as far as the, um, the marketplace that you guys are providing, um, the ability to connect with those tax credits and all those sorts of things? I don't, I, my, I've had several people ask this question of, of us and, and I'm wondering, what do you think about, um, do we need a public option in addition to this? Or is this something that um, with what you guys are currently doing fits that, fits the bill on that, especially with a 14,000 increase during um, an epidemic, do we really need a public option in addition to this? I can say that we support a public option, and if it happens, it would be through our platform. So those folks could come through and either find a plan, a private health insurance plan with the financial health or without, or they could get a public option, but it will all be on our platform. Okay, so it would be on on your platform. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, That's fine. So right now with your current platform what would be the difference between what you're currently doing and a public option what would be the primary difference oh geez i'm not the policy expert i'm so sorry oh no that's fine that's fine (laughs) well we'll have to visit about this a little bit more i mean as soon as we get into the into the session um i know that this is going to come up again Uh, um and so we'll talk about this a little bit more with that yeah then we'll happy to yeah, let's visit a little bit about that because I think um, Kevin and I have um, had some discussions in the past about um, a public option and what that would look like and, and so forth. But uh, um, but uh, if you're saying that it's that you get it would be with um, Connect for Health Colorado in your format, um, I would be interested to hear you know what the difference is between that and what uh, a public option would be in the future. So, well, Jessica, thank you so much. That's okay. Thank you so much for, for being on the show today. Um, and thanks for all that great information. Um, once again, the option, um, the open enrollment uh, open begins, enrollment, yeah. yeah, open enrollment begins November 1st. 
Um, even if you're considering it at all, you can go on the website and find out if you would qualify for those premium tax credits, if you would be able to get any kind of a better deal on your insurance policy than you're currently getting. Um, you'll be able to figure that out with, uh, with no obligation. Just figure out where you're at and where you need to go um, if you go on the website. Jessica, thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, we'll thank talk you to you so soon. much Thanks. for having okay. me. All right, thank bye-bye. You. Take care. So um, that is probably some of the more important um, things that we have to worry about right now, especially with um, everything that's going on um, with the increased numbers, um, with a lot of the, th- the things that are happening Um November 1st is an important date, and, and if we can get um, some help, I know for my own family, we're having to take a, a really good look at, at what we're doing, um, and there's help out there. There's, there's really no reason not to get um, insurance, um, especially with those premium tax credits, um, and to get those with the different providers that are out there. So um, if you have any questions about that, you can a- email me. Um, and I will send them, I'll connect you directly with the, with the folks from Connect for Health Colorado, um, and we'll get you some help with that. So I've got my friend here with us, um, and she's going to, we're going to have a, a lot of fun discussion today. Awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> um, I, I've got Michelle Gardner with here, here with us. Um, Michelle is one of the champions of rural, um, of rural Colorado in the rural space. And before we get into what we're here to talk to you about, I wanted to talk a little bit about, can we just visit a little bit about Absolutely. the whole rural thing? We've talked about this a lot yes, already. Yes, we have. Yes. <laughs> and, and how we, we function in that rural space. And, and right before we came on, you were talking about um, a visit you had with uh, my friend Paul Hendrickson, mm-hmm. who uh, asked the question at our annual meeting, just put, tell it like you told it to me a little bit ago. This was interesting. So we were at your annual meeting. We were sitting around at the roundtable discussions and he asked, and I was sitting with a group of people that are not from my area. So I'm from Lahana, Colorado. Um, those of you who don't know, major Southeast portion of the state. Yep. Um, great place to live. Absolutely love it there. But he asked the question, he goes, how many of you know what it's like to be able to stream one TV of Netflix in your house? And I raised my hand and I was the only one at this table of people that are from slightly larger cities, Pueblo. Um, there were some people from Alamosa and I was the only one who raised my hand and he goes, Oh, you're not from up here. Okay. Wait, I want everybody to hear that again because I don't think that they're going to comprehend it because not a lot of us have to deal with this. Um, and I love La Junta. Oh, I do too. It's, um, I wouldn't live anywhere else. Our so. vice chair is uh, the city manager, yes, Rick, or, Klein. Uh, Rick Klein, um, who is one of our favorite all-time people. Um, and But the question was, how many of you can only watch Netflix on, on one, one screen? On one screen, on one device in your house yes. at a time. And I raised my hand. There, There would be so much fighting in my house. There would be... There would be tears and weeping and wailing. It would not be healthy for any of our family relationships. We have to find a lot of other things to do that are not technology-based. And it's nothing against, um, we're very fortunate um, to have actually great internet service. It's just not the fastest internet service. Yeah, yeah. So it's very reliable. We have very few outages. Um, Sometimes that's something that rural Coloradans deal with is that they have a lot of internet outages. We're very fortunate that we don't have that issue, but we just don't have the speed that you can get in a bigger city. Right. Um, And so uh, that's, that's the, 
one of the issues or one of the just everyday life that we deal with. Yeah. In, in and when remote learning. learning happened to rewind back to March, when all of our kids came home for remote learning, um, I had to email teachers and say, okay, I know that you're doing your Zoom at this time, but so is the other teacher. So I'm going to need separate times or this kid is going to be late. Um, sometimes we could make it work. Sometimes we couldn't. It was just kind of like, it was always up in the air as to whether or not two people could do a Google Meet at the same time or not, which makes <laughs> life, it, in all of that mix of everything, it made it just another stressor in our life. Um, thankfully, though, I will say that teachers were super chill and they were like, you know what, it is not a big deal. You get on when you can get on. If the internet kicks you off, we understand. So they were all very understanding yeah. because they live where we live. So they understand the internet issues that we have. And you could tell when everybody was on the internet because right. it was painfully slow. So, well, and that's the other thing when you're, when you're looking at that, we um, we're really spoiled. Everybody who's paid attention to me at all in the last couple of years know that I have my telephone. And so we have, we've had fiber directly to our home for oh. like 13 years and I'm we can run like one night I, I stood there and um, my brother was there. Um, my son was home um, the two boys were home. I was I was on my phone, on my iPad. We were watching a movie. My husband was on his computer and his phone. The twins were on the Xbox and their phones. I mean, we had like, I had like something like eight to 10 devices going at the same time. Um, and especially with the distance learning thing. Yeah. Um, that That's a whole other realm of, or whole other layer of issue that I don't think a lot of people think about uh, in their in their day-to-day sort of planning because I think really at this point, it's not a matter of um, if, but when. We're going to have to do distance learning again. Yeah. We're going to have to um, pull back on, on a, some of those things. I don't know um, exactly what that's going to look like. We hope to, but we're having, everybody's having those discussions right now, really preparing for a second. They are. Um, and I think, that, I think that teachers are great at adapting um, my daughter had to do two weeks of remote learning this year. Um, we, we all did remote learning last spring, but right. her, the teachers, there was a, there was a COVID test, positive COVID test, um, not wanting the outbreak, you know, wanting to right. keep everybody healthy. She had to do remote learning for two weeks from home. Um, it was a big difference just having one person at home that needed the internet versus everybody in my house needing the internet all at once. Um, yeah. But the teachers are so, teachers are so great at adapting to making things work for kids. So, I commend them for and that. Let's, let's talk about that for just a second. Cause you know, my husband's a teacher. Yeah. Former so, teacher. Oh yeah. You're a former teacher. Um, so my husband's a teacher. So then what we were doing is I had the boys, the twins on headsets mm-hmm. and then my husband was conducting classes and the twins were in different rooms on headsets and everybody was doing that at once. So he teaches high school and they were at Craver, but I'll tell you, I, I know right now I, we read a statistic not too long ago that teachers uh, are actually, that's the second highest, like highest stress oh, I right now. Imagine. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really, really difficult. And, um, and everybody trying to adapt and trying to help, like there's almost, almost too many yeah. cooks in the kitchen right now. And, and it's, then- it's hard because you took, I actually, so just to get into my background a little bit, I taught traditional school for three years. Okay. And then I got pregnant and I decided that I kind of wanted to stay home. And this avenue to teach online, kindergarten through third grade online, 
mind you, 15 years ago, oh, wow. was opened for me. And it was a phenomenal experience and I loved it, but I was set up to do that. They provided training and these are things that we found that have worked and didn't work. So I re- I personally had to try really hard during the whole remote learning thing to just kind of zip my mouth and go, everybody is going to learn what I learned when I taught online, Yeah, but they all need to get there on their own time. I will say the one thing that I did, I think that COVID has made everybody kind of cranky. I call it COVID cranky. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was sure to reach out to the teachers that I felt like this is really working for my daughter or this is really working for my son. You need to know that this is working. Maybe yeah. it's not working for everybody, but for my kid in particular, this is a great structure for her. Um, I, I, it's very hard not to be critical because I taught online school right, for right, seven right, years. Right. So I'm in a little bit different realm than everybody else, but. Well, and I think um, as we, um, I love the COVID cranky. Um, <laughs> that's, I'm, we're going to use that awesome. because that's the thing that's really, really hard that, that I've been, um, you know, watching that go on. And this, yeah. the structure is, um, you know, they wanting to help, but the teachers did all this stuff. And then they're like, they're going to throw new stuff at them. Yeah. And they're going to throw new stuff at them. And they're not giving, you know, them the time to figure it out. Yeah. And then also connecting with all of those kids. Um, that's been the really hard, because it's not always working. This The stuff's not always working. So give yeah. everybody a break. Give yourself a break. Yeah. There's a breakdown. Like somebody's having an emotional breakdown, the, the COVID crankies, pretty often. Yes. And we say, listen everybody's giving each other a break right now. Just be patient. It's going to yeah. be fine. We're going to, we're going to get through this. And I think as we go into um, quite possibly another one of those, we're going to have to um, talk a lot about how we do that. We've how- had a lot of conversations in our house about our mental health. Yes. And um, the importance of pulling yourself away from the computer screen, even if it's for 30 seconds to go outside and walk around the house one time. It, just do it. Just yeah. look at something else. Do something else. Think about something else just for a short amount of time. And we hear it in the workplace all the time that people need to take breaks. Yeah. We have to We have to provide that same structure for our kids and remind them. And what is a break when that's where you live? Exactly. Because you're already home. Because you're already home. Yeah. How, what does a break look like? Yeah. What does it do? And then I think get creative with how we celebrate holidays. You know, we... We always get together as family and, you know, big family. And, you know, these little guys are really struggling with this whole, um, we're not going to get holidays. Um, we don't get snow days anymore because it's remote <laughs> learning. We don't. And they're just, it's really. Um, Their life has changed so quickly for them. They've yeah. never known anything else. Whereas as adults, we've lived other aspects of life. Right. We've had other things happen in life. We've seen things fall apart. We've experienced the Twin Towers falling. I mean, like we've had those experiences. Right. These poor little guys, this is the biggest defining moment of their life. Oh, yeah. They'll, I feel, I do feel for them. I really, really it's, do. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. So when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the really big things that is going on right now that we aren't talking about, <laughs> um, and that is redistricting yes. for our all of our voting districts. And it's not this isn't just happening in Colorado; it's happening nationwide. But different different ways of redistricting nationwide. So we'll yeah. focus on what Colorado. So we're going to and and what that um, this is a whole new, but for the whole country, this is a whole new approach. 
um, that that got yes. passed a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about that, about how you um, can get involved if you're listening, that you can get involved with this. You need to get involved. You, we're, we're begging you. Yes, we're we are. begging you <laughs> <laughs> to get involved with this. Um, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about that. This is Making Action Happen on Voice America. We'll see you in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also reach out via email to sarah.blackhurst at action22.org. Now, back to Making Action Happen. Hi, welcome back. We're here with Michelle Garner, my new BFF from La Hunta. Um, So let's go back a little bit talking about redistricting. Let's rewind two years. There was... um, Two amendments. Two amendments that got changed. That got passed. Okay. Yeah. And so, well, it's amendments. Let's talk about that. There are amendments Y and Z. And I find both of these amendments absolutely fascinating because <laughs> in order for either of these amendments to pass, they had to have a supermajority, which is 55% of the voters had to agree that this is what they wanted for Colorado. And right. for both amendments Y and Z, they were both around that 71% mark. So they had to it have. huge. It was huge. They had to have a 55%, um, they had to have the supermajority in order to pass, okay, to be instituted in Colorado, and they, like, way surpassed that 55%, and it was 71%. Okay, so talk about what the amendments were. So, basically, what the amendments do is that there's two separate amendments. Um, One is for legislative 
Okay. One is for congressional, and it changes the way that we redistribute. Okay. So what it does is it creates two separate commissions. Each commission will have four Republicans, four Democrats, and four unaffiliated voters, and they will be responsible for um, somewhat drawing the maps, but just making sure that the districts are equal. Um, every district has to be have an equalized population okay. so that they're equal across the board. Um, and then there's certain things that certain communities hold sacred. So these commissions are going to be looking at like, does this community need to be a whole? Do they need one representative? Is it better if this community is split? Things like that. Okay. We're going to talk about the things they hold sacred in just a second. Okay. But I want to go back. Um, this was a nationwide campaign. Statewide campaign. Well, statewide campaign. Yes. But people were voting on this nationwide because of a funny little thing called gerrymandering. <laughs> so, oh, you have to love gerrymandering. So so for the for the folks who are listening, um, my son who's in college should be listening right now. Let's uh, hope he is. He promised me he would. Awesome. Explain gerrymandering. Okay. So gerrymandering is when the party in power basically takes a district. And we're just going to make this very simple. If you just think about a city block. Okay. That has eight houses on it. Okay. If four are red and four are blue, I can draw a line and make two districts and make a blue district. Because or I a red put, district. Or a red district. Or I could equalize it and split it appropriately so that it's a fair competitive district. Ah, that's how I like to explain gerrymandering. Uh, very, that's a that's very a simplified yeah. version of it. Um, there's tons of graphics that go with it. If you just Google gerrymandering, there's a bunch of different graphics that you will get that will explain it. But very simply, it's making it so that one color wins all the time and the other color doesn't really have a chance. Right. And gerrymandering happened in Colorado in our last redistricting. Big time. Yes. If you look at some of these voting districts. Yes. For these state seats, um, there's no way that anybody, any logic thinking person could look at that and go, this was not gerrymandering. Oh, exactly. I, I could not agree more. And so that's what, from that census and from that redistricting that happened 10, 10 years ago. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, that's where Y and Z came into play. And I don't, the 2018 election was a big election for me. Um, it was their first election that I was involved with politics for. Right. I've always voted, but that one I was more, I won't say on the inside, but I had more knowledge. I had met more candidates. I had worked with candidates. And I remember hearing about Y and Z a lot. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that then after that, they kind of went away because it's this year with this the application year. process that they are being put into action. And then we want to make sure that they're successful so that our districts are not gerrymandered, so that we have competitive districts, so that we have good representation, um, not just for rural Colorado, but for all of Colorado. Yeah. Because the maps will be drawn for all of Colorado. My focus and outreach is South, Southern Colorado, rural Southern Colorado. Um, but it's important for all of Colorado. We all deserve, no matter where we live, metro area, front range, rural parts of the state, it doesn't matter where we live, we deserve equal fair representation so that timing piece um that's i think we need to go back and explain the timing piece so and, and correct me if i'm wrong on any of this so they passed this in 18 yes um and now they're saying um we need to we need people who are republican democrat unaffiliated to apply to be on this commission 
And they're doing it now because they did the census this year. Yes. And how does the census apply? So the census applies because every district will need to have equal representation or near as equal to as you can get. You obviously can't get it down to like 50 people here, 50 people here. There's going to right. be a little, there's a, there's an algorithm for the variation that is allowed. Well, and, and because we have grown in population yes. since in the last 10 years, yes. they're actually adding a district one and maybe two districts, correct? Depending From on what the I've numbers heard, come we'll back. Be at, it, it's projected that we'll be adding a congressional seat. So we'll, instead of seven congressional seats in Colorado, we'll have eight congressional seats in Colorado. So, so the question, what part of this whole process will be where... Is that extra congressional seat going to go? We have no idea. And nobody that's, has any idea because no, that's what we're that's, that's what we're here. That's what we're trying to. If out. you want to know where that congressional seat is going to be, and you want to have a hand in drawing that where that seat will be based upon population, you should definitely apply to sit on these commissions. Because just because uh, population growth, and well, let me ask you this. So population has grown, obviously, in our urban areas, especially the Front Range. Yes. And for those of you who are not from Colorado, um, you can split up Colorado in two ways. Um, Well, a couple different ways, but we have the Continental Divide. So anything west is called the Western Slope. Anything east is called the Front Range. It goes along I-25. But um, those of us really... um, South of Colorado Springs isn't really considered front range. It's no. considered south, southern, southern, Colorado. southern Colorado. So that's the action 22 footprint is, is that whole area yeah. um, just south of that. So really, um, the most of the growth has happened in the front range in the Denver area um, and that yes. whole place. What's going to be interesting on a side note is there's a big um, de-urbanization that's hap- that is just yes. starting and we won't even start to see the peak of that wave for probably three to five years. Exactly. So the next census, if you look forward 10 more years to 2030, that census is going to be really d- interesting. Right. Um, and again, in 10 years, all of the legislative and congressional districts will be redrawn. And they'll so. be redrawn again in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. The third congressional district, which is the Action 22, and then it goes into, um, it goes into what is the other congressional district? Uh, we're CD four when we sit. So you're four. Yeah. So three and four is the action twenty is in the action twenty two yes. footprint. Yeah. But um, that a western slope and it way a big chunk of southern Colorado. It's one of the largest geographically largest congressional districts in the country. Yes. They're huge. Um, it's a huge, huge one. I think the only ones that are bigger are Alaska or something. Yeah. And the reason that is, is it goes back to the 2010 census and the population and the population dictated that that was how those districts right. needed to be drawn. So now that the question is, is the, is uh, one of the big questions is that, is the CD3 going to be split up? Are they just going to add one into Denver, the Denver area? Um, and, and the other part of it that's hard is if you have another congressional seat in the Denver area, that, that whole urban area the urban-rural dynamic um, shifts, divides even more. It does. And so I'm just going to circle back, and I'm going to kind of sound like a broken record. Um, Because it's all based on population, I feel like it's really, really important that Southern Coloradans especially, but anybody who is a fair-minded Coloradan and understands the difference, the issues that rural Colorado faces versus the issues that the metro areas face and the Front Range area faces, um, 
they're, they're different. We have different things that we deal with, I guess, so to speak. Right. And I feel like it's very important for somebody from Southern Colorado, from the rural part of Colorado, to apply to these commissions and to to be selected to sit on the commission because we need that voice in the map drawing so that that doesn't happen, so that we're not drowned out. Right. And the funny thing is, is I have traveled, I have done more travel for this job than any other job I've ever had. Um, and every rural county that I go to, everybody says the same thing. Oh, Denver dictates our politics. And I said, well, they don't have to. Because we do have a voice and this is a way to be represented. This yeah. is a way to get involved and do something. So I'm just going to do a plug for our website. If you're interested in applying, if you want more information, if you will go to Colorado Neighborhood Coalition.org. Right. That is how you get on my radar so that we can send you information. However, there is a very quickly approaching deadline for the commissions. Yeah. The deadline is November 10th. November 10th. You have to apply before November 10th. And there are two separate applications because there are two separate commissions. The applications are extremely similar. Right. With a variation of like two questions that ask um, one about legislative, one about congressional. Uh, the application is not complicated at all. So let's talk a little bit about how you qualify, because there's two things here that I was surprised to learn. Yes. One was that just because you apply doesn't mean that you're automatically considered. There's a lottery. So I'll have you talk about the lottery in just a second. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is um, how you qualify, because those are the questions I've heard a lot of is like, oh, I don't think I qualify because of this. I don't think it. So there's a yeah. lot of misinformation out there. So the easiest way to say it is that if you're an elected official, you don't qualify. Okay. Because they're really, they, they want on any it, level on any level, um, except the school board. If you're a school board and that it's as high as you serve, there is nothing written into Y and Z for school board members. So school board okay. members um, can apply, but like if you sit on city council, you're not city eligible. council, county commissioner, mayor, yeah. mayor, um, county treasurer, any of clerk and recorder. Yep. All of those things make you. And in Colorado, we, um, you have to run to be the coroner. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if you're the coroner, we're sorry, you can't apply to sit on the commission. Okay. So let's talk about time in um, the parties because that was one of the big things. That is one of the big things. So you have to have, you have to have voted in the 2016 and the 2018 election. Okay. And then you have to be affiliated with your political party for the past five years. So let me ask you this. A lot of unaffiliated mm -hmm. have not been unaffiliated for five years. And then that makes them ineligible. So that applies for unaffiliated it as well. And I can tell you my perspective, and this is just my perspective on why that was written in there. You didn't want somebody to say, oh, I really want to sit on this redistricting commission, but I want to do it as an unaffiliated, even though I'm a hardcore Republican. Right. So I'm going to take this unaffiliated seat away from them. So that five-year window, while it seems like a long time, is a really good way to say like, okay, you have identified with this party. You understand this party. You hold these values that this party holds true so the interesting thing and we won't get into this today because it could be a whole um, episode about how um, when they did that they made unaffiliated a party yes and if they just made the unaffiliated a party and so if that's the case how would that apply in yeah. a lot of different things and in colorado as an unaffiliated voter you get to pick your primary now yeah so i mean we could have a whole discussion we could talk about whole that, absolutely. absolutely so so um 
the other thing is I wanted to circle back to really quickly um, about sort of the importance of, of doing this right now is you talked early on about um, the things that are sacred yes. in communities. So give us a couple examples of what you meant by that. Yes. So um, if you look at Pueblo, if we look at Pueblo County, how many representatives do you guys have now? So we've got three. I, I think about the Action 22 area, so then I yeah. count extras. But <laughs> just in Pueblo, we have three. Three. And so that that will be the first part of my job is promoting the application process. Okay. And then the second part of my job is going to be doing outreach to communities of do you like having three or would you rather have one? Is it better for your county to be a whole or is it not better for your because, county to be a whole? Because when you look at it, we have um, we have two that are representative, but one of them I mean, it's pieces, it's pieces, it's pieces. It's pieces. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, all, I mean, except for one, all of them are pieces. Yeah. So, cause you have part of 47. We have part of, 40, part of 47 yeah. and then 60, is it 64? I think so. is yes. it 64. Yeah. 60, no, not 64. 64 is um, representative Holdorf. Oh, that so was 62. A 62. Possibly. Yeah. So I can't, it's a 61. <laughs> don't quote us on that. Please. Don't, yeah, don't quote <laughs> us on that. But I mean, it's a chunk here and it's a chunk there and it's that whole gerrymandering thing, right? Yes, so exactly. it's chunks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting, that's an interesting, if it you is. want just and one. The one thing that I have told everybody is that you know your communities, you know what's important for your communities. And I am not, I, I won't tell you what's important for your community, but I can tell you what's important for my community. Yeah. And so I will be doing a lot of outreach after the application process, um, after we get people to apply. We need you to apply first if you haven't gotten that already. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about how to apply. <laughs> okay. So you can go, you can simply Google Colorado redistricting mm-hmm. and it will take you right to their website. Right. Um, I highly recommend that if you get on their website that you create an account because if you create an account, if you just click the apply now button, it's like one and done. You can't go back and look at it. You can't go back and edit anything. If you make an account with just your email address, they don't need your phone number or anything like that. But if you make a really quick account, then if you skip a question, you can go back and answer it. Okay. Um, And then the other piece is to go to cardoneighborhoodcoalition.org. And then we will send you everything that you need to know. We have a quick four-minute video about how to apply. Um, We're doing a phenomenal Zoom call Thursday, November 6th at 6 o'clock for anybody who's like a last-minute interested person that wants to apply. Okay. Um, Can I give my email address? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My email is Michelle and then B, like Brianne, Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R, at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. And I will get you in on our Zoom call. I am happy to answer any questions that anybody has about applying. The application is very simple. Right. Um, one of the people that applied from Action 22, um, he told me that it took him like 10 minutes to apply. Oh, that's incredible. He goes, I didn't answer the questions with long, drawn-out answers. And I said, that's okay. Gravity because fantastic. If that's not your style, I think you should be true to yourself. Um. And one of the questions asks you, like, have you ever contributed to a campaign? And so if you don't have the time to go to all of the places and research that, you can just say, to the best of my ability, I think these are the campaigns I've contributed to. Okay. So um, so they get they get a little bit, they dive a little bit deep they on, do. on some of those things. They do. But that shouldn't intimidate you. It shouldn't because um, the initial piece of it is a lottery. So however many people apply, the initial... Um, like 
I guess, sorting, if you will, okay. is a lottery. And so we will narrow however many people we have applied down to 300 Republicans, 300 Democrats, and 450 unaffiliated voters. And then from there, it, there's a whole complicated process that we could take literally the next probably two hours to dive into. Oh, nobody wants that. <laughs> exactly. Nobody wants that. So I'll just make it simple that it's it's not necessarily a complicated process, but eventually you get down to 12 and 12 for Republicans, for Democrats, for affiliates. So my understanding is that um, Southern Colorado as a region was not guaranteed and we were the only region that was not guaranteed a seat. Is that on both commissions? Correct. On both commissions. Yeah. Um, so our congressional, so CD4, every congressional district will have a seat on the commission. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Southern Colorado will have a seat on the commission. Because we're split up. Because like of that, how yeah. we're split between um, essentially four congressional three. district three and four. Yeah. Um, you could have people that are not Southern Coloradans, that aren't rural Coloradans even for that matter. Right. So that's the importance um, with any lottery, the more people we have apply from the Action 22 area, the right. more likely we are to get somebody okay. in. So last question along this vein. Um, when they set that up, was it just because of the districts or why did that? Cause I had some, I had somebody ask me that the other day. I would have to research that one. No idea why that happened. I have been, I will not lie. I have been so focused on learning about Y and Z after they passed. I don't know the whole story, no, but to it. the, the right. pre, the pre, like why it got on the ballot the way it did, if that makes and sense. And we'll, and we'll give the, the people who um, worked so hard on Y and Z, the benefit of the doubt. That oh, they just did yes. the best that they could. They did. Um, it wasn't, they were trying to edge anybody out nope. or anything even close. I mean, for them to make unaffiliated uh, a, party, a part of it. Yeah, yes. that was yeah. that was actually a really big deal. I it think. was. I think that was a really And I will deal. say that the eyes of the nation are kind of upon us because we are one of the few states that are going the commission route for our redistricting. So Colorado loves to do that. Have you noticed? We that? do. We're cutting edge. In we respect. all the time. We always want to do stuff where nobody else, we're going to, we're an experiment and figure out what we can do. <laughs> Um, but there was a number that was alarming to me. How many people from Southern Colorado have you had apply so far? Oh, like seven, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, hey, you guys can't see her, but she is rubbing her head. Um, <laughs> we have 400 seats on, rep- wait, 300, 300, three and three and, and three, right? 300, 300, 450. So after that's the initial lottery, um, the initial lottery. Yeah. And so, so um, the odds are not in our favor with only having seven, seven apply that. Correct. So this is another plea that I am making to our Action 22 area. Will you please, please, please find Michelle. She's lovely. She will help you through the whole process. I will. Um, if you get our Action 22, uh, if you get our Action 22 email blast then you've already seen her you know how to go and apply and if you haven't um email me at admin at action22.org um and if that's easier to remember the admin at action22.org get a hold of me i will connect you with michelle i will do whatever we can to get as many um as many applicants as possible mm-hmm. um into that lottery because yeah. if we do anything politically um right now 
this is probably the most important thing that we do next to voting. It is so important. It's so important. Turn your ballot in and then go apply for the redistricting commission. Turn your ballot in and go reapply. (laughs) Um, And that's, that is about all we have to say about um, all of that. So turn your ballot in once again, give them, give them the whole thing. It's the, where to go to apply your email address all of it. Okay, so Colorado Neighborhood Coalition.org will put you on our email list. Mm-hmm. That is that's going to provide you some help instead of just having to do it yourself. Right. You can also Google Colorado Redistricting Commission and the website will come up. Or you can email me at Michelle B like Brianne Gardner at gmail.com. Or email you <laughs> if it makes it easier just remember admin at action22.org and yes. we will get you connected um and i'm gonna say um it was kevin wilkins is that who applied yes so our our treasurer who is the executive director for san luis valley development resource group applied and he's he's got constantly got covid grumpy um, and if he said it was easy, then trust us it's, it's not, not hard at all hard. you just have hard. you answer some questions and then you're doing a great thing for your community and yes. your state. Yeah. So we appreciate you joining us again. Thank for you. This. Oh, yeah, this was good. That was fun to have you. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, we'll talk a little bit as we get closer um, after November 10th. I want to hear back from you. Yeah, absolutely. On how that all is going and, and let's get some periodic um, updates. Um, so go get your flu shot. Get your ba- ballot in. Go apply. That's all you have to do this week. Three things. It's three things. That's it. That's it. That's all we need <laughs> to, bring you to do that this week. Um, this has been another episode of Making Action Happen on the Voice American Network. We appreciate you joining us. Join us next week when we'll be talking a little bit about post-election emotions. I'm so excited. <laughs> Have a great, great weekend. Um, happy Halloween. Thank you for tuning in to Making Action Happen. Be sure to join your host, Sarah Blackhurst, for another edition of the show next Thursday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.